Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Join a cast of over 70 uniquely brilliant individuals. Each week, Mike Domish and an eclectic mix of cast members and special guests will engage in mindful and lively conversations about everything from meditation to spirituality to personal passions to successes and failures to relationships to the stuff that makes up the moments of our daily lives. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Domish, and thrilled to be here with our special guest and a truly dear friend of mine, Sean Stevenson. And Sean and I, we go way back. We go back about 15 years ago, and we were both starting to speak. Now, we had both been speaking before that, but we were really launching full-time into our careers of wanting to spread our mission and our message around the world. And Oh my gosh, we'd be up till four in the morning talking about what each other's doing on each other's websites. Because literally back then, we were writing our own websites because we had no resources, no means to be having somebody build a website. And you didn't have that many companies doing that that, were, that you could afford to do that at the time. And we'd just be on the phone because you didn't have the internet to chat. So we'd be talking through these ideas. And it's been really fun to see the impact Sean was making back then and where it has gone to today. It's just been incredible, Sean. Can you share with our audience the journey you're on now, and maybe even a little bit of how you got to where you are today. For those who are listening, uh, they can't see us. For those watching on YouTube, you can you can see us. The journey when I came across you first, 15 years ago, I was, I'd say about eight years into speaking. So I had been comfortable in front of crowds. I figured out that I loved working with kids, and I was in a place in my life where I knew I wanted to make an impact, but I didn't know for what purpose. I didn't have my why clearly stated like it is now. I didn't have a vision for my life the way I do now. Excuse me. And because of that, I would easily get distracted. I would easily be off to a new shiny object. Now, it doesn't, I'm not saying that I don't get tempted today. I do. But it's more clear on what I'm on this planet to do. And in the evolution of Sean Stevenson and my, my purpose, it, a lot of it has been hashed out by lots of conversations with my friend tours, which I would consider you to be one of them, a friend who be, is also a mentor, somebody who I trust with my personal secrets and my personal life but also who I turn to when I say, hey, have you ever run into this when putting together a contract in business? Or how do you handle this type of customer? What do you do in this refund scenario? And spending time with my friend tours and putting a lot of money and energy into developing my brand and developing my reach 
has in some ways gone way beyond what I ever thought possible. You know, back when you and I started hanging out, if I told you that I wanted to, you know, reach a million people in a year, you would have said, Sean, easy now. How are you going to reach a million people in a year? And then fast forward 15 more years, if I told you in the year 2016, which is the last year that we just completed, I was going to reach a quarter of a billion people, you would say, wow, that's huge, but it would be believable because of the internet. And that's what we did. We reached a quarter of a billion people last year through our message. And, and we didn't need the support of traditional media. I was getting very frustrated because I felt like I had to beg people to see my vision. I had to beg the publicist, beg the producers, beg the publisher, beg the, you know. Well, and, and for our listeners to know, you've had a TV show. So you, you did have a, like a reality TV show uh, where they did film you working with, coaching with clients. So you've been down that road. As a child, you are an Oprah Winfrey. And so you're, you've had this span. You've shared the stage with people like the Dalai Lama and, and, and all different you know people that we say the names and people go, oh my gosh. So you've had this journey. And even with all that, I think this is why it's so valuable for people to hear. Even with all that, it was a battle for you to get media to pay attention to your message and your mission and allow you to share it with the world. And so you took it into your own hands and it is an incredible story because really one video, one video sent you over 200, almost right over around 200 million of those, those touches with other human lives. What was the video where, that you were, where you had lost your voice, if I'm corrected on that? Now, but here's what people don't know. That was about my 2000th video. Right. That I, that I had made. And that was the 11th video that had gone over a million. And so I had figured out what was working and what was not in, in messaging. And for me, I realized that my message has to be right to the heart of a human. And I have to stop trying to be the guy who is all about success and impressing people. I have to stop putting my attention on how to teach people how to make money. Well, that's an element of still what I do. My message went most viral and I got my most exposure by speaking directly to the heart of another human being. And if, if you can get your message to be so clear that it makes people laugh, cry, and rethink their life, it will be shared by others. Absolutely. And I love what you said there, that that was your 2000s video, right? Because people think, oh, if I make a video... Well, let's see if your 2000s video does that, right? Because that is the key there. There was consistency. There was momentum in that consistency. And what I think you shared there that was so important, especially from a mindfulness place, it was truth. It was honest. It was authentic. It was you in a vulnerable place, right? This wasn't a place of strength, not from a, from a physical place. You had lost your voice. A strength of love, yes, absolutely in that video. A strength of love and compassion and caring. But it was just honest and real. And I think for so many of us for so long, we think that when we're in the public eye and, and somebody could hear that and go, what do you mean, Mike, you're in the public eye? If you're on a stage, people can track you down. You can be considered in the public eye in some capacity. You think that there's a pressure to look like you've got everything figured out or people won't hold credibility to you. There's that fear factor. And you know, Sean, and it's so common that people have that. And when you start to realize, wait, when I can just be raw, raw and not to attract attention, but to truly give and to help others, 
the connection is that it is. It's so much more real. It's so much deeper and helps people at such a more personal level. And what I learned from that video going viral is it went viral internationally. It wasn't like just America or North America. It was getting translated in other languages and shown throughout all of Europe and Africa and the Middle East and Australia. It it was being sent all around the world, and I wasn't doing that. I watched it go up 1 million views an hour for days, and it just kept going. And what it taught me is that humans are craving love, that now more than ever, when we have all this communication, are we really connecting? And connecting to our heart and watching that just convinced me that you don't need an, a big flashy budget. You, you know, I think most people would be super stoked if they put together a commercial that a quarter of a billion people saw, they would just be so happy to spend a lot of money to, to get watch that. Those are Super Bowl numbers, right? Yeah. Right. And that just that they saw, but they saw it because people shared it. Right? right. Unlike a commercial where you play it and I happen to be watching TV, this was so powerful that it was going viral sharing. And so when we when we look at that process for you and since then and how that's impacted your life and the journey to that, how has mindfulness played a role for you? Right. Because people can get caught up in that. My video has been seen by 250 million people. How does somebody come from a place of, of mindfulness throughout this journey? And, and you've had quite a journey. I mean, you've gone through what could be uh, nobody would argue physical struggles and challenges throughout childhood to the mental struggles of starting a business to people looking past physical into the soul and the deep itself. And I know you talk about how children look at that differently to getting your doctorate. All right. So then you have your doctorate and then the TV show, but then the TV show gets cut. All right. And so it doesn't get continued. And so you go at these ups and downs. How does mindfulness play a role throughout that journey? Well, none of it's fun without being mindful. I love yeah. that. None of it's fun without being mindful. That's so, so can you explain? Because I love that, that wording. If you don't have mindfulness, you're chasing a sunset. And it's, it's, it's never gonna, you're never going to feel like you're living the dream. You're always going to feel like if you had more, you'd be happier. And I've gotten caught in that trap. You know, you, you get a house and you say, no, 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 I'll be happy when we get new wood floors. No, 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 I'll be happy when we fix the backboard. It's like, no, 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 you need to be happy now. You need to be, and that's the process of mindfulness is is being present. It's being filled up with the moment. And, you know, I don't know about you, Mike, but I teach what I teach because I need to hear it every day. I, I think if it helps others, wonderful, but it's for my own sanity. I, I, my insecurities, my fears, and my excuses would have eaten me alive decades ago if I wasn't committed to helping others. Yeah, I totally get that. And you and I have talked about this before we came on air, which is you know, one of the most common questions we're getting right now for people is what is your intention or goal for this show? You know, Because it's, uh, it's, it's a newer podcast show. And when I tell people there isn't one, there's a one, it, but uh, interestingly, there there is a serve a role that it's serving in my life, even though there's no intention for it to become something bigger than it is, because I'm loving where it's at. But the role that I'm finding it's playing without intention, ironically, but yet I'm loving, is 
that it's serving me on such a level that having these conversations every day is having my own mindfulness retreat on a daily basis that is priceless. So when people go, well, where do you want this to go? I don't care because the experience is so fulfilling and keeps me in such a centered place or at least attempts to at times because like you said, we all get off off center. We get shifted off at times. We get rocked off at times. We get knocked off at times. And this allows me to have that moment of, of stillness. And, and you're, what you said there, I love about, you know, whether it be our home or our job, wanting that next great thing when, wow, if you just stop, take a breath and go, look at where, look at what I have in my life. It's incredible what I have in my life. And what's amazing about that is you can be overseas and meet children who by American standards have nothing. And yet their joy for playing with their friend in whatever circumstance they're in could appear very rough to an American. Uh, and their joy, pure joy in what they have in their life at that moment. So it doesn't matter materialistically, physically, it's where am I finding that joy? Am I appreciating that joy? Or is it the the physical world that I'm enjoying only? Because that can never be you know, it can never be fulfilled. It's like money. You know, there's never enough. Uh, Deepak Chopra once said, right, that if if the millionaire is as worried about the next dollar as the broke person is, they're both equally broke, right? I love that concept. And that's what you're sharing there. You can't enjoy it without the mindfulness. So what do you do to try to help that happen? Well, the way I see that, just to piggyback for a moment, is more from a place of lack will never be enough. When you're, when you're feeling a lack, like something's lacking, the more you put in, it's never going to be enough. Whether that's, you know, uh, a guy or a girl out trying to, you know, have lots of uh, romantic conquests or making money or buying things or whatever it may be. If you're chasing more from a place of lack, you're going to be miserable no matter what you're chasing. So what I, I really work on and focus on is what's driving my more? Because I, I think it's, it's very human to want more, but what's driving it? And for me, what I want is I want more from a place of expansion and abundance and being able to give back and being able to be um, helpful to those in need that are they're scared, they're lonely, they're overwhelmed. And I'm going to Africa uh, in a few months and I'm going to be working with my wife Mindy in a, one of the, the poorest slums in the world, Kibera. And I'm going because I know there are happier people there than in some of the, the companies and schools that I speak to that are in the wealthiest of neighborhoods in first world countries. And so for me, I'm always looking at what's driving my more and what can I do to shift that that driver of more to be in a place of abundance, be in a place of gratitude. It's a daily, daily practice. And, you know, I, I have a, a list on my wall and it's called my When Life Works list. And they're about 16 action items that are very simple to do, things like meditate, things like spend time in nature, um, spend time with my, my niece and my nephews, spend time journaling, 
spend time exercising, spend time drinking water, eating vegetables, studying amazing books and videos and audio courses from people that inspire me. You know, these are like 16 items that if I do just four a day, I'm mindful. If I just do four a day, my brain stays sharp and I can't get knocked off my center. But if I don't do my four, what happens is I end up doing another list that I call the when life sucks list. (laughs) And the sucks list is things like mindlessly scanning, scrolling Facebook to compare what I don't have to what somebody else has. Right. How many likes our post gets, right? That kind of, right. I'll put something up there. How many people will like it? Right. Or how many people are following this video or whatever. And, and it's not popular to say that we do that, but we do that. And when we do that, we're miserable. And so when you're on the one life sucks list, there's certain foods you're eating. There's certain things you're avoiding and your life just sucks. And it's not a mystery. So it, it's, it's a great thing that you and I married strong women who support us, but also are capable of showing us when we're on our when life sucks list. And <laughs> say, well, babe, there's no, there's no mystery why you're upset right now. You're upset because you've done none of your when life works list today. So for me, a big part of mindfulness is being on my when life works list. A big thing for me is, is making sure that I'm surrounding myself with an environment that lifts me up. You know, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't have those core group of friend tours, those people that, you know, I know night or day, if I send you a text, Mike, and say, I'm struggling with something, even though we may not have talked for months, the first moment you have available, we're having a deep conversation and it goes both ways. I'm there for you. And knowing that you have that core group of people around you that are going to hold you to a higher standard. I mean, I, I, I'd like to praise you for a second. I, I know that I wouldn't be in my career today with the income that I have if it wasn't for you because you said something that still to this day brings chills to my bones. And I'm so gr- glad you said it because the amount of strength that you had to muster potentially to say it meant the world to me, even though I didn't want to hear it. You said, Sean, you know, you're always talking about what you're going to do, but when are you going to show me what you've done? And, oh, that hurt. It like hit me in the gut. And I'm like, he's right. I've been talking about what I'm going to do for years and nothing's getting done. And that was a catalyst. That was like, I got angry at you temporarily for calling me out, even <laughs> knew I knew that's what I needed to hear. And that launched me. And, and that's when you love somebody. You don't tell them what they want to hear. You tell them what they ultimately need to hear at their highest of standard. You know, they, yeah. you, you didn't keep a bar low for me. You said, well, why are you charging that? Why are you not thinking that you're capable of tripling this income or, or getting a book out there or a television, like what, what's stopping you? It's you. So I'm very appreciative of the fact that you 
were there asking the tough questions when it mattered most. Well, thank you. And you do know it does go both ways because I remember you would say to me, and you know, I started had a major life breakthrough about three years ago after an event, and I told you about that. And you're like, you know, Mike, I was always wondering when your real voice was going to come out because I would censor because I wouldn't want to offend versus censor to do no harm. There's a difference. And I learned that was a big overcome for me to understand is that I can speak freely as long as I'm not doing harm. Because in my line of work, I don't want to do harm. So I don't want to do harm to the audience. But that, that's different, right? And that's different than always worrying about not somebody not being happy with you, somebody not liking you. That's right. totally yeah. different. And you once gave the comment about, I can't wait till you let your real voice out. And I was like, what do you mean my real voice out? My real voice is out. No, you hold back, you hold back. And so- when I was able to release my voice and what was interesting was I didn't become more brutal or more blunt. It allowed me to be less blunt, less, or I should say less blunt, less harsh. I was able to be equally blunt, but more loving because I was understanding why I was letting that voice out. It wasn't restrained anymore. It had a why. And, and you helped make that happen. And so I love that you're sharing that, hey, this reciprocal love of each other, it does make a huge difference. Well, and to piggyback off of what you just said there, I always felt that I was a people pleaser. And I know that you had a lot of people pleasing tendencies. We want to be liked. And that held us back. Yes. Because there are some people I don't want liking me. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm okay with certain groups and certain mindsets and certain individuals even not liking me. Because if you're liked by everybody, that means you don't have any stance on anything. And all you want is validation versus momentum versus creating something on this planet. You know, I, I have a very clear vision to rid the world of insecurity. And that means there's going to be a lot of insecure people that are going to come at me and say that's not possible. And if I try to convince all of them, well, no, you need to understand why this is important to me. It's okay that you're upset with me because you're probably just feeling this way. And I want—I just want you to understand my side. That wastes so much energy versus finding the people who get my mission, who want to get on board and move forward. Yes, I love it. And, you know, you were talking earlier about the when life works and the when life sucks list, which are brilliant, by the way. I love that concept. And isn't it interesting how we can trick ourselves midday? Midday, when we have not gotten to the when life works list and things are going well, and we say to ourselves, oh, see, I don't, maybe I don't need it. But by the end of the day, our energy is in a place it should not be. And that's when I think the partner feels it, right? Because that's the one that if you're going to get snappy or short, that's the person that's there. And it doesn't mean that you're being malicious or anything. It's just you're short, whatever that. Do you find the same thing that you can trick yourself sometimes into thinking, oh, I don't need to hit the list because I'm having a great day, but it hits you back sooner or later by the end of that day. Well, what I found is the list doesn't change the fact that bad or good things will happen. Right. Okay. So this is the difference. It's you'll feel like when bad things happen and you're on your list, you'll still feel solid. And when good things happen and you're on your list, you'll know that you have like not just earned them, but the appreciation is there. So for instance, if I'm on my list, I'll give you another example. 
if I'm not on my list, I'm on my list. When, when we say the list, we're saying the win, right. When life works yeah. list. Yeah. Right. Right. So you're always on the list. So if you're on your win life sucks list and you get a, a, a speaking engagement, right. And they quote you the fee that they're willing to pay you. If you're on your win life sucks list and they're, they're willing to give you a lot of money. You're like, why aren't they giving me double? Right. There's not that gratitude. There's not the appreciation. And you get snappy, even though good things are happening to you. Somebody's trying to give you money. Right. But if you're on your when life works list and they come at you, you you have an appreciation and you have the ability to say, yes, we would be willing to do that. We can work with you or you know what? I appreciate that. But it's not going to work with our structure and our system and our fees and all that. But you don't have the arrogance. You don't have the the entitlement, you don't have the, the snippiness, right? Also, when bad things happen and you're on your when life works list, you can feel the emotion of, wow, that sucks. But you don't feel like your world just got turned upside down. Yes, correct. There's almost a feeling of confidence that this is okay that it sucks. I'm okay that it sucks. That's okay. Well, you're uh, in the driver's seat when you're on your when life works list. Right. When you're on the when life works list, you could get the bad news. It's like if one of your friends died and you got the call and you're on your when life sucks list and you take that call, you're going to feel like you're in a hopeless downward spiral and why me and this world sucks and we're all just going to eventually die and God's evil, right? You're like, you just go to that dark place. If you're on your when life works list and you get that call, you're still devastated. You're still sad. But you don't make it, you don't extrapolate it out that the world is a bad place. You don't extrapolate it out that, that you're cursed. You just, you have appreciation and you, for your family and the people that are still here and you want to reach out to the family of the, of the, of the ones that are grieving and you want to support them. You think about others more when you're on the When Life Works list. You think about yourself more when you're on the When Life Sucks list. I love it. It's so powerful. And so I think for everyone out there, everybody's thinking right now, hmm, what is my list? And I think it's an easy exercise to do because if we're honest with ourselves and we've done a little self-work now, if we haven't, it might take a little time. But most of us know the answers to these pretty quickly, right? Like like you knew yours and, and yours and a lot of them are going to be the same. Like a lot of these lists would have very similar things, right? Drink water, eat vegetables. That's going to be, for most people, that's going to be consistent. Taking time to meditate, whatever that is. Some people use the word prayer. Some people use the word meditation, whatever that is. But that quiet time to allow things, it's going to be pretty consistent. But when the life sucks list, that seems to be, I think, more personal from person to person on how they react in those situations, where they, what they're doing in that. And so that exercise can sometimes be tougher, but more important because that's your trigger to get back on the When Life Works list. When you're putting together When Life Works list, it's very simple. Look back in your life and see when was your life working in a certain area, health, wealth, and relationships. What was I doing then when life was working? So I even have a When Business Works list. And my When Business Works list is... I'm constantly doing podcasts, so I'm getting out into the world. I'm reaching out to mentors to see what value I can bring to them. I'm writing articles. Like, it's a list of things that if I'm like, wow, I'm, I, what do I need to do to grow this business? I just go back to my win business works list. The fundamentals of athletics don't change, just like the fundamentals of business or life don't change. When you're on the basketball court, you got to have good handles and be able to dribble, it doesn't matter, you know, anything else. If you can't dribble, you're not going to do well, right? <laughs> Same thing right. with students. 
Same thing with passing. The fundamentals. No one ever loses because they they paid attention to the fundamentals. They win because they pay attention to the fundamentals. That's right. It's brilliant. I love it. For you, Sean, what's a book that you just love to turn to that helps keep you on that path or remind you of that path? Well, it's one that you and I talked about before years ago, The Four Agreements. Yes. You know, I could reread that book quarterly and and still need to read it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, um, it's so beautifully written. It's such a journey. It's so clean. Yeah. So... Do you remember all the agreements? Let's see. Let's quiz no, you. No, I because I have not, not. I'll be very upfront. I have not read it in a while, and it's on my list. You know, I have a list I keep of my favorite books, and it's one of them on there. But it's been a long time since I've gone back to it. Let's see. It's all. This is out of order, probably. But always do your best, and your best is always going to change. Um, be true to your word, so have integrity. Don't take things personally. I'm looking at my, it's, it's rack on the shelf right behind me. And so I'm like, oh, do I grab it and cheat or not? That's what I was thinking. No, so. to. I need to phone a friend. All right. So yeah. hold on. Because they can always, we can always pause this. I'm going to cheat. All right. So I believe it's right up here. Hold on a second. Four agreements, four agreements, four agreements. Where are you? I know it's up here. All righty. All right. Very cool. So anybody, anybody watching this just saw me jump up and down. Uh, so, all right. So here are. In the background, Mindy yelled. Don't make assumptions. That's the fourth one. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the the first one was be impeccable with your word. Right on. Don't take anything personally. Look how good you, well, you read it every quarter. It shows, see, there's a good example, right? You keep putting it in your mind. It pays off. You just showed that. I said, I need to read it quarterly. <laughs> oh, I got you. And then don't make assumptions. You got it. All right. That's so cool. So uh, awesome. Thank you so much, Sean. You, you know how much I love you. What now? I I know you've got a few websites out there. What's a website if somebody wants to find you besides Facebook? And by the way, Sean Stevenson, that's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N. Um, so you can definitely find him on Facebook because you do do a lot of Facebook live videos where people can learn from you, engage with you. Is there anywhere else you recommend somebody yeah, find so you? I have a... Uh... Uh, step one in, in being in Sean's life and learning more from me is going to staypositive.club, C-L-U-B, staypositive.club. It's an ebook that I wrote because I got so many people around the world every day ask me, how can I be positive like you? And I hated that word. And I was like, I don't, I'm not positive. Some days I'm negative. No, but people kept seeing that my mentality was more positive than theirs. And I'm like, okay, okay, stop pushing back. Let's see what we can teach people about how to stay positive. So the book's called How to Stay Positive When Life Gets Crazy. You can check it out at staypositive.club. The, the book's also on audio. You can get it. And you literally can go through it in less than two hours. And I've made it short because most people don't read past the first chapter in life. So I wanted to make it one chapter long, basically. And you can get right into it to have the daily rituals in your life to stay more positive. I love staypositive.club. So we'll also put that on the show notes. So anybody listening, if you're on iTunes or you go to our website, you can find it there. Like I said, Sean, thank you so much. For everyone listening, you can find out about Sean also on everything we've discussed. We'll have it in the show notes at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. And of course, on iTunes, where if you go on there and you leave a review, that helps more people find Sean, listen to this message, which is always greatly appreciated. For everyone listening, everybody watching, until next time, may you enjoy everyday mindfulness in your life. 
three quick reminders. One, please subscribe to the Everyday Mindfulness Show on iTunes. Already subscribed? Then encourage others to join us by inviting them to subscribe to the show. Two, while on iTunes, download all the latest episodes. Three, reviews help more people find out about the show. Would you please go into iTunes and write a review? Doing so helps spread the mission of the show. Thanks. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com and check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Have a joyful, mindful week.